This is the Hui Kala Baptist Church podcast, coming to you from the heart of Honolulu, Hawaii. Hui Kala is a dynamic family of faith committed to solid Bible teaching, discipleship, and helping you grow in your faith. Grab your Bible and prepare to dig deep into the Word with Pastor Anthony King. John chapter uh, 15, John chapter 15. So we'll be back in, I say that to say that we'll be back in James two weeks from tonight. And so John chapter 15 is, uh, man, it's one of these passages. I, I literally think I could probably get probably three months of material, sermon material out of this one passage. I'm not gonna try to cram it all in tonight. We're gonna hit some of the high points of this because there's just so much good stuff here. It's, it's one of the uh, popular passages. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. And he talks about fruit bearing and what that looks like in our lives and how we bear fruit and how we, what happens when we don't bear fruit and things like that. And there's just so much good uh, stuff in this passage of Scripture, so rich. Uh, that I want to hit some of the high points in it tonight. I think it's important, too, that we as a church family, we never get comfortable with where we're at. Again, for, the, for those of us uh, that are a part of our church that were here when we would have, uh, you know, 15 people on a Sunday night. When we first started, we had 15 people on a Sunday night. We might look at, at something like tonight and go, wow, I think we're doing okay. Uh, we might, those that remember our Sunday morning attendance, man, if we broke 50, it was a big day, you know. Uh, we had almost 300 this morning. We look and say, wow, I think we're doing okay. <laughs> but again, we have to put things into perspective. If we had 300 people attend church service this morning between our two services, then that means within our city limits, there were 399,000 people, 700, that didn't show up to our church service. Perspective, point, like point zero 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 one percent that we've seen come to, to our church services. So again, lest we think, hey, I think we're doing okay. This is a good place to kick it in neutral. This is a good place to cruise. This is a good place to uh, just kind of coast on the momentum that we got going. We need to step back and realize, first of all, what the Bible says. I have no desire to pastor a large church. Let me just say that from the, the get-go here. No desire to pastor a large church whatsoever. I said this morning uh, in, the, in both services, I'm not trying to get people to come to church because we need big numbers or a big church attendance. Honestly, if our church grows to the point uh, that we would love to see God do it to, we're probably going to split our church the same way we do our small groups and say, hey, you folks are going to go to church on that side of town. We're going to raise up people from our church that would go out and and pastor that church, and it's just going to be another church work. I have no desire to pastor a church that grows to 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, multiple services, things like that. I don't believe that's God's plan for our church. Now, again, I don't want to say never, but I have no desire, let me tell you that. But I do have a great burning desire in the depths of my soul that we would be a church that bears fruit. Because the Bible says that's what glorifies God. And so we'll take a look at that tonight. John chapter 15. Uh, we're starting verse number one. We're we'll through verse number 16. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Every branch that bears fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. Verse 5 is uh, one of those verses you should circle, star, underline your Bible. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. 
If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that your joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I have commanded you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for a servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. You've not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain, and whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Many debates have been had, many uh, books have been written on this particular passage of Scripture, and they uh, sometimes have differing viewpoints on what does it mean to bear fruit? What is this fruit that Jesus talks of? And again, I'm going to be kind of um, vague with this because I believe in this particular passage, Jesus has been vague as well. And so again, we need to be very careful to be laser beam focused clear where the Bible is not laser beam focused clear. Some people would use this as an evangelistic passage. So when you bring people to Christ, that's bearing fruit. And so uh, the, Jesus is talking about sharing your faith and seeing people saved. And uh, God wants much fruit, so your life needs to bear forth much fruit. Is there an application there? Definitely, no doubt about it. In principle, is that explicitly what Jesus is talking about? Is this an evangelism passage? I would argue, my personal opinion and interpretation, I say that uh, to you for clarification, I don't view this as an evangelism passage, again, because we have to take a look at the totality of the context here. Again, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit being at work in people's lives. Uh, John 14, 15, 16, Jesus talks how the comforter will come. And he's going to reprove the world of sin. He's going to guide you into all truth. He's going to make Jesus Christ known. And so again, based on this, I don't necessarily see it as an evangelism passage. Although I could say someone could preach this in principle and say that bearing fruit is seeing people saved, no doubt about it. But by the same token, I think when we talk about fruit bearing, no tree bears fruit invisibly. You, know, you walk past an apple tree. And you don't look at the tree and go, there's probably fruit somewhere, I just can't see it anywhere. You know, it's either got fruit or it doesn't. Uh, Trey and Lee have a mango tree in their backyard. And man, ma mangoes falling all over the place. You're not careful, you get knocked out by a mango back there, right? But you don't have to look at it for very long and say, hmm, I wonder if this is a mango tree or not. Maybe the fruit is hidden, maybe under the ground somewhere where I can't see it. Or uh, maybe the, the fruit is invisible in some way. No, you see it, it's there. And so by the same token, if fruit is a visible outgrowth of a healthy branch, then I think when we look at fruit bearing in our lives, it's a healthy outgrowth of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Now again, I know that seems kind of like uh, very opaque, I guess you could say. Not really clear there, Pastor, what you mean by a visible outgrowth. I get that because I don't believe that Jesus was incredibly clear here either. If, G, if the apostles had said to him, what do you mean by bearing fruit? And he says, seeing people saved, baptized, and added to the church. I think we could be obviously clear on that. But when we talk about a visible outgrowth, it could be something simple as you woke up every day this morning and you read your Bible for the first time in your life. I would argue that that is fruit. 
It's a visible outgrowth of your connection to Jesus Christ. Some of you invited coworkers to come to open house, and some of them came. That's a visible outgrowth of your connectedness and relationship with Jesus Christ. Some of you invited a friend, family member, coworker, neighbor to open house that did not show up. Now, how many of you, uh, by show of hands this evening, invited somebody to church today and they did not show up? My hand is up with you. And you might think to yourself, like, oh, wow. Man, they didn't come. Hey, I believe, based on the interpretation of this pa- passage, that by you passing an invitation, asking someone to come, that was an outgrowth of your relationship with Jesus Christ. Therefore, I believe that that was fruit. I believe those who exhibit the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I think the fruit of the Spirit is, is incredibly applicable in this particular passage here. Because again, couched in the context is all talk about the Holy Spirit and how the Comforter will come. And Jesus talks about fruit. And Paul in Galatians chapter 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And so when you exhibit love and joy and peace and long-suffering, that's the outgrowth of your connectedness to Jesus Christ, fruit-bearing. I think when you stay faithful to Jesus for not just a couple of weeks, but a couple of years and maybe a couple of decades, I believe that's fruit in your life, evidence of Jesus Christ at work. And so I'm setting this up for you because fruit for you is going to be different than what fruit looks like for me. Will it be sharing your faith for sure? Will it be your evangelism for sure? Will it be uh, caring for your, your coworkers and needs that other people have? No doubt about it. But your fruit bearing is going to look differently than my fruit bearing. But it all comes from the same source. It all comes with the same heart. It all comes with the same level of productivity as long as we're connected to the power source. And so by thinking of it that way, how is your fruit bearing Are you seeing a bumper crop this year, like where you don't know what to do with it? Do you have so much fruit stored up that you're thinking to yourself, like, man, we're cranking through this fruit right now? Or are you saying to yourself, it's been a little while since I've seen some fruit. Man, I don't know that I'm seeing the level of connectedness. I don't know that I'm seeing the level of, of outgrowth in my life that I want to. And let me just tell you, when you see fruit in someone's life, As a Christian, it excites you. You see a guy or a gal that's just absolutely tearing up the scriptures, that's in love with Jesus, that's making major changes in their life, that just wants more and more and more. They want to be discipled, but discipleship isn't enough, and so they want to read books, and after they read books, they want to uh, discuss the books with somebody, they want to get connected with some type of mentor, somebody that can walk them through life, and they want to ask good biblical counsel, and they just want to do everything that pleases Jesus. It's exciting to be around people like that. To see growth, like, wow, that guy, that gal, they are on fire. So much fun to watch. But let's be careful that we don't get in the habit of just watching everyone else bear fruit. I want that same fire in me. I want to be hungry like that for the word of God. I want to get fired up when I hear good worship music. I want that to excite the depths of my soul. And most of us that have been walking with Jesus for some period of time probably have some time in our life where things were just absolutely white hot, craving for the things of God, desire to be used by God, uh, desire to share God's word with anybody that would stop for 30 seconds to hear your story. 
But then over time, that, that passion can sometimes wane. It's not as exciting as it used to be. Not as much fun as it used to be. Man, other things are, have taken priority. Other things have taken precedence. And man, if I make it to my Wednesday small group, they won't miss me if I'm not there. Oh man, if I don't make it on Sunday night, no problem. At least I went on Sunday. And that, that fire begins to wane. I want to challenge you to keep stoking the fire. Because there's a Bible word when you are super hot, but you're not any longer. You know what that word is? Anybody want to help me? Backslidden. Backslidden, yeah. Now, now, some people errantly believe that the term backslidden means you've lost your salvation. You couldn't lose your salvation if you wanted to, so rest in the security of Jesus Christ. But backsliding is a terrible place to be because that means the fellowship with me and the Father isn't as exciting as it used to be, and something's wrong somewhere, so I need to stoke that fire. I need to get it back. Jesus, in this passage, breaks it down really simply. And again, my, my outline tonight is going to be super simple to you. It's probably one you could have put together uh, with yourself in about 10 minutes. But I think it's really important for us to stop and analyze, especially on the, the um, event of our eight-year anniversaries of church family. There's basically two types of, of branches that Jesus talks about here. There's those who bear fruit, and there's those that don't. That's it. You're in one of two categories. Now, you might, you might say to yourself, I'm seeing fruit in my life, maybe just not as much as I want to. Good, we'll get to that in just a second. But some of us just need to be honest tonight and say, there's no fruit in my life, life whatsoever. There's no visible outgrowth of my connection with Jesus Christ. It's always a scary, a scary place to be as a pastor when I'm sitting across the table from someone who's exhibited zero spiritual fruit and has zero desire for the things of God. It's just hard to watch. It's hard to, you know, for me as, as a pastor this morning, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to the music that we're singing and I'm, I let it rip all three times, all three services today, man, I belted it out. I have little to no voice left. But here's the thing, as I'm on the back row basically screaming, and for those that were in front of me, I apologize. Um, I, was just, I was just enjoying it. I really was thinking about hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. And if you just take that line right there, we were once in bondage to slavery, to sin, and we have been set free, we've been liberated. Romans chapter 6 says, sin hath no more dominion over you, that we have been liberated. Praise God for that. As I'm thinking that, man, I'm just letting it rip at the top of my lungs. And, and I just happened to catch a glance at somebody out of the corner of my eye, and they got their hands in their pockets, and they're just looking around. And I was just like, you're not feeling what I'm feeling. And again, it's not about an emotion. It's about the spirit. It, it wasn't like, oh, man, tuba was ripping on that guitar. Blake was banging that cajon over there. Celestine kicked her bench out and stood up and started playing. Like I was feeling it. It's about the Spirit of God gripped me with the depths of my sinful condition and that Jesus rescued a sinner like me and I am liberated. I am free. And I was just saying that just absolutely from the depths of my guts. And to see somebody who is completely and totally unfazed by that thought. And I look at that and I go, hmm. Now, again, I'm not judging anybody. You might have had a terrible night. You might not have gotten any sleep. You might have just gotten off work and you're trying to stay awake. You might have just gotten a, a text message telling you somebody went to the hospital. I get it. I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying if you could do that week after week after week after week, I'm ultra concerned about your fruit bearing. 
So either you're bearing fruit or you're not. Now again, do we bear as much fruit as we want? Do we bear the type of quality fruit that we want? I think all of us want more, and that's actually a good thing. But you see, bearing fruit comes from abiding in Jesus. Again, verse 4, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except you abide in me. So being connected to Jesus is the only way that you will bear visible, tangible fruit in your life. It's the only way. Well, can you do good things without Jesus? I'm sure you could. People set up nonprofits. People set up, you know, ways to help the community. And so that's why, again, I believe my personal interpretation, Jesus isn't talking about your fruit bearing just being good stuff. You know unsafe people that do good stuff. You know unsafe people that write big checks to nonprofit organizations. You know unsafe people that adopt kids from foreign countries. You know unsafe people that volunteer to, at shelters and trying to help people out. You know unsafe people that open up their home to anybody that's passing through. Jesus isn't talking about just doing good stuff. He's talking about bearing spiritual fruit that is an outgrowth of your connectedness to Jesus. That's the difference. And Jesus says, you cannot do that without me. And he goes so far into verse number five. And again, lest you think that I'm taking it a little bit too far, listen to what Jesus says in verse number five. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do, what's that last word? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. You want to completely and totally suck the power out of your Christian life? Just push Jesus to the side. And he says, you got nothing. Absolutely nothing whatsoever. And so many times Christians try to do things in their own power. They try to do things in their own might. And God says, yeah, it doesn't work that way. You've got to be connected to Jesus to bear that fruit. And Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing of any eternal spiritual significance whatsoever. And again, it's hard for me as a pastor to watch so-called pastors in so-called churches. And I say so-called because they don't preach the Bible and they don't preach the gospel or they preach a false gospel. But man, they got a crowd of, you know, two, three, four thousand people on Sundays. That's fine. Jesus would say to them, without me, you can do nothing. Well, they got a big crowd. They're doing good stuff. It's not of any eternal spiritual significance, that's for sure. There's no fruit to be had there. Angela and I attended uh, a large church one time. We had, had gone there, and some of our friends at Tulsa was a Bible preaching church, found out that it wasn't. We go there, and look, the, the pastor's message was made you feel really good, but you couldn't have gotten saved there if you had wanted to. There was no gospel whatsoever to be found anywhere. There's no talk of sin. There's no talk of hell or damnation or God's judgment or wrath. And please understand, you can't talk about the good stuff about Jesus without talking about his justice. You just can't. Now, again, I'm not saying that every single Sunday you need to, you know, shake your fist at people and tell them they're gonna, they need to turn or burn, but you've got to lay out the facts for people. And so you can look at large churches and you say, oh, wow, they're doing a great work. Um, I, I believe God's going to have to be the judge of the fruit bearing on that. And again, it's not our job to judge other people's fruit or things like that. And for me as a pastor, it's my job to make sure that you're producing fruit. So when I don't see the fruit, I get concerned for you as your pastor. Hey, is everything okay? I mean, things just seem a little bit off lately. I just want to check and make sure everything's good. How's your walk with God been lately? Because it's my job to help you to continue to produce good fruit. How do we do that? First of all, spending time with Jesus. 
without me, you can do nothing. Again, I, I, I hesitate to say this because I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it just comes down to being in the Word of God, being in communion with God, listening to the Spirit of God, hanging out with the people of God. It's, again, people try to complicate it. It's just it's, it's as simple as could be. You got to put the time in to stay connected to Jesus. And I know all of us want a, a, a one-paragraph devotional that we read before we go on with our day. I know all of us want to memorize one verse and you've memorized Jesus wept a hundred times this year. But hey, look, at some point you got to say, I want to dig deeper. I want to get more. I want to be more connected to the vine. And again, I think it's important for us. We need to analyze every aspect of our life as far as being connected to the vine because it comes down to obeying Jesus. Not just spending time with him, but obeying him. And I need to analyze my life. How's my walk with God been? How is my obedience? Am I spending time in the Word? Am I spending time in prayer? Am I fellowshipping with other Christians? Is Jesus really the number one priority in my life, or do I just say that because I'm a Christian and I'm supposed to? Do I really care about people that I know that are dying and going to hell? Do I have an appetite for the things of God? Do I crave spiritual things? We need to ask ourselves those difficult questions. Am I committed to the body of Christ? Or is church just some place that I show up in and I get what I need and I split? Or do I really care about my brothers and sisters in Christ enough to stop and find out how they're doing? Am I willing to be obedient in my giving, in my tithes, in my offerings, in my first fruit giving, in my uh, giving to, to missions projects and things like that? I'm really looking forward to next month, uh, end of November, the last two Sundays, we're going to take a look at missions giving and why that's important to us. But am I, am I being obedient in my giving, or is it, do I just give God a little bit of what's left over? Or is it really a priority in my life? i got to ask the hard questions. Because, again, I can say that I'm obeying Jesus because, you know, I, I didn't spend too much time on Facebook today or something like that. Hey, look, we've got to go deeper than that. i got to ask, what has a hold of my heart? Because I want to spend time with Jesus, I want to obey Jesus, and I want to love Jesus. And, and again, people sometimes think, oh, I do love Jesus. How do you love Jesus? Oh, that song we sing, what a beautiful name, man. I just got choked up. I got tears in my eyes. Good. How does that love Jesus? Man, it just hit me right here. That, that's not loving Jesus. Jesus said this, if you love me, keep my commandments. So it's interesting, loving Jesus and obedience to Jesus are directly linked with one another. Now, my heart will follow my actions, no doubt about it. But before I have an emotional reaction to Jesus, it's because I want to be obedient to Jesus. And look, I'm not mocking or making fun of people who get choked up when they sing good, solid, doctrinal worship music. I do it myself. But it's not an emotional response. It's a spiritual response. It's not that I'm hyped up or I'm lost in a moment somewhere. It's that I'm overcome by the Spirit of God, by the truth of the Word of God. And if you haven't noticed here, we sing doctrinal music. And sometimes people are like, oh, these old hymns that we sing and stuff like that. <laughs> Somebody uh, told me uh, several years ago, they said, now, Pastor, you know, I, I appreciate, you know, you having uh, some newer songs and some older songs. They said, these newer songs that we sing, we just don't know them. We don't listen to a lot of Christian radio and stuff like that. And I was like, first of all, we don't sing stuff on Christian radio, period. 
I said, give me an example of a song that you've heard here at Hui Kala that's a newer song that you didn't really know. And they said, man, who is on the Lord's side? We've never heard that before in our life. Okay, that would not be a, a Christian radio song for sure. Like, really? Is that, that's not a contemporary song? No, that is like a good solid hymn of the faith that they sang back in the 50s. Um, and so, oh, okay, got it. The doxology. Did you know the doxology is like 500 years old? Man, but it's so incredibly good. Man, it's good. But when we talk about loving Jesus, it's not an emotional response. It's a spiritual response first of obedience. Again, if you take a look at this uh, passage of Scripture, remember me talking about this morning that Jesus wants to get to know you and he wants you to know him. That it's a relationship, almost like Jesus is inviting us into a friendship with him, to partner with him through life, to yoke up together. But here's what Jesus says in verse number um, 13. We often quote this verse talking of Jesus Christ and what he did for us. You've seen it applied to uh, situations of folks who have died in military service or as police officers in line of duty and things like that. It's definitely applicable there for sure. Verse 13, greater love hath no man than this, that he, man lay down his life for a friend. But here's what Jesus says in verse number 14. You're my friends if <laughs> there's a conditional word. That means Jesus isn't just throwing out blanket friendship to everybody like he's a care bear, Okay. Jesus is saying, you're my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Hmm. And again, all this is couched together in the context of bearing fruit. Now, Jesus isn't just, you know, friendship is magic. You know, Jesus is friendship is you doing what I say so that we can be on the same team. Because Jesus is very, very clear in the Bible. You're either with me or you're against me. No middle of the road. Well, I'm kind of with Jesus, then you're against him. Simple as that. So Jesus says, you want to bear fruit? Stay connected to the vine. Spend time with Jesus, obey Jesus, love Jesus. Second category of branches, being barren of fruit comes from being disconnected from Jesus. A lack of fruit in your life is a lack of connection. Simple as that. So being barren, not having any fruit, yeah, that's kind of a big deal to Jesus. Jesus walked past, here's how much Jesus hates non-bearing trees, okay? How about that? Jesus walks past a fig tree and it has no fruit. And what does he do? Anybody want to help me? Cursed it. What happened to it? It died. Jesus says, that tree's not doing anything anyways. Die. Okay. It's not a lot different than what we see here in John 15, right? Every branch that beareth not fruit, what happens to it? Every branch that beareth not fruit, what happens to it? My father takes it away. It's gone. Now later in the passage, Jesus says they're gathered up and they're put in the furnace to be burned. And some people go, oh, that's a perfect example of how Christians that leave Jesus are going to go to hell. Don't read into the Bible where Jesus is not explicit. That's not what it means. And again, we can't take one passage of Scripture that's not incredibly clear and do away with the rest of Scripture that teaches us about God's eternal security and salvation. And so, again, be really careful with stuff like this because you've got to read it in context, not only where it's at, but also with the rest of the Bible. Here's the thing that Jesus is saying. If you're bearing, not bearing fruit, I'll, I'll, I'll go out this far and say this. Jesus says, if you're not bearing fruit, you are worthless to me. 
Simple, you're not bearing fruit, like, I'm done, cut it off, and move on. And I have seen, through the last 18 months, and everything that our world's gone through in this global pandemic, I have seen branches that weren't bearing fruit get gathered up and taken out to the furnace. Some churches closed for six weeks, eight weeks, and they never reopened again. And many of them shouldn't have been open to begin with. And so I think that's just the pruning process that God goes through. Hey, get rid of the stuff that doesn't need to be there. Branches are dead, cut them off, take them to the furnace, be done with it. I'm thankful for our church. And again, I don't say this to toot my own horn. I, I, I say this to, for us to be able to praise God together at the grace of God. When we came back after being out for 11 weeks, we were at about 40% where our attendance was before. It was abysmal. It was bad. But do you know that where we're at today, we're at about 140% of what we were before we shut everything down? I look at that as God says, again, this passage, we don't have time to get into it tonight, so don't, don't make me do it, okay? But here's what he says. Every branch that bears fruit, I'm going to prune it a little bit so it can bring forth more fruit. And I believe, again, based on my understanding of scriptures, that God took our church through a time of pruning where God cut off all the dead stuff that wasn't bringing forth fruit. And again, I'm not saying somebody who didn't come back to church after COVID was dead weight. I'm saying that through that process, God did a work in my heart, and I know that he did in yours as well, to give you a greater desire for the things of God. It happened to me, and I hope it happened to you. And so again, that purpose of that was to bring forth fruit. But barren branches are worthless to Jesus. He's like, your job is to bear fruit. If you're not bearing fruit, you just need to get out of the way so everyone else can. How does that happen? Lack of time with Jesus? Disobeying Jesus? Loving self. He said, you went through those kind of quick. It's basically the opposite of bearing fruit. And let me tell you this tonight, Huikala. God has blessed us over the last eight years. God has been gracious over the last eight years. God has seen and done more than I ever thought possible for us. But please understand, the moment that our church stops bearing fruit... God's going to say, get out of the way, you're holding me back, and I want somebody else to grow. It's going to happen. Well, I don't really believe that God works that way. You just need to read the Bible. You got one talent and you bury it, what happens? Give me that. I'm going to give it to somebody who actually did something with it. You scaredy cat. You're worthless to me. Get out of here. That's the Anthony King version. It's available on Amazon in 2039. <laughs> Look, throughout the Bible, you're either faithful with what God gives you and he blesses you with more, or you're unfaithful with what he's given you and he takes it away and gives it to somebody who's actually faithful. Simple as that. So if we desire to be the church that God blesses, it will be because we are connected to Jesus, obeying Jesus, and loving Jesus. That's it. Well, I think we need to love people too. Hey, look, part of obeying Jesus is loving people the way that you love yourself. Again, it's all part of that. Well, I think that part of our growth needs to be preaching the gospel. That goes back to obeying Jesus. He's the one who told us to preach the gospel. Look, it all goes back to just doing what he said. It's funny, I had the opportunity this past week to go to uh, California to a pastor's conference uh, that, that's held at my home church, Lancaster Baptist Church, and the church that actually planted this church. Uh, it was my pastor's 35th anniversary as a pastor of that church. 
<laughs> it's funny because some people come and say, oh, how are things going out there? Things are good. Oh, man, I see you guys online. See what God's doing. Man, God's blessing you guys out there. Yeah. Man, so like, what's the secret sauce? <laughs> what? Like, what are you guys doing to like grow like that? Uh, really easy. We preach the Bible. We love people. We share our faith. And we make discipleship a ridiculously high priority. No, 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 yeah, I get that, I get that, yeah, yeah. What are you guys doing, like, for social media and stuff like that? <laughs> I'm embarrassed by our Facebook page because I run it. It has, probably hasn't been updated in six weeks. So uh, that's what we're doing for social media. Well, what are you guys doing to reach millennials, man? I see you guys got a lot of young people in your church. We preach the Bible. Yeah, 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 yeah I get that. Well, what else? There is nothing else. It's it. It's just, it's, it's stupid simple. And for those of you kids whose parents say that that's not a good word, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. It's, somebody told me that I overused the word ridiculous, though. And so I was going to say it's ridiculously simple, uh, but I didn't. So, um, but here's the thing. It's so simple to see what God's done here. It's just obeying Jesus. Jesus said, go win, baptize, teach. You know what we do? We go win, win, we baptize them, we teach them. That's it. And we see God bless it. But please understand, the moment that we stop doing that, God takes his hand of blessing off of our church and basically leaves us to our own devices. We bear no fruit, and God cuts it off and hands it off to somebody else. That's just what this passage says. So if we want to continue to see God's hand of blessing upon who we call a bear fruit. Bear fruit. So the quality and the quantity of fruit in our church is directly related to each individual's production. For those that are you that are taking notes, I'm sorry, it's a really long sentence. But let's break it down. The quality and the quantity of the fruit of our church. Look, everybody wants to be a part of a church that's getting it done, right? Everybody wants to be a part of a church that's, man, going out in the neighborhood, telling people about Jesus, how he's baptized in uh, th these five incredibly awesome Christians today. And as I'm baptizing, I hear somebody from my left, like, screaming and clapping and stuff like that. And I thought to myself, did somebody from our church get in the water? No, I look over, and it's just people who are hanging out at the beach. They're like, yeah! I was like, that is so awesome. I love it. The fact that, like, a flash mob of, like, 75 Baptists show up on the beach at Alamona Beach Park, baptize five people, scream and yell, and then have food and go home, like, hello? Like, that's awesome. That's like Book of Acts awesome, right? We get to see that. We get to be a part of that. That's God's blessing upon our church. All of us want to be a part of that. How awesome is that? We had five people join our church this morning. Oh, four. I'm bad at math. We had four people join our church this morning. We had four people that finished discipleship. Like, we look at that and we go, yeah, that's my church. I'm going to wear a hat. I'm going to put a sticker on the back of my car. I'm totally, like, this is my church. Let me ask you this. What fruit have you brought in lately? Mm. No, no, no. I'm just happy to be a part of what's going on here. I'm sure you are. Who wouldn't be? Who wouldn't want to be a part of a church where people are being saved, baptized, discipled, added to Jesus' church, growing in their faith? Yeah, absolutely. What's your part in that, though? Oh, I'm just part of the big team here. Yeah, that's fine. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. I'm asking about your personal branch. Is there any fruit on it? And I'm not trying to be unkind. 
and I don't have anybody in mind when I say this, but please make sure that you don't ride the coattails of everybody else's fruit. That might sound like a harsh statement, but Jesus says, if you're not bearing fruit, it's because you're not connected to him. Now, again, I realize everybody can't have a visitor in church. Look, I invited three dozen people that never showed up today. I did. Easter, I invited a gang of people. Not one person showed up on Easter that I invited. And so it's not about like how many visitors did you have in church. I know churches like that, but that's an unhealthy metric. That's why I'm not asking you to, that's why I'm not quantifying what fruit bearing actually looks like because you've got to figure that out for yourself. But how's your fruit? Because our church bears fruit as we're individually bearing fruit and we throw it in the big pot called the local church and we bear fruit together. And look, I'm a better fruit bearer because of the men and women in this church. My fruit production has gone up since I've been a member of who we call a Baptist church. You say, well, you're the pastor. Surrounded by some of the best Christians I've ever met in my entire life in this church. And that's helped me to be a better fruit bearer. But please understand that Huikala, Jesus' church, biblical Christianity, is not a welfare system where everybody else does the work and you get to sit back and enjoy the fruits of everyone else's labor. It doesn't work that way. We all must produce spiritual fruit. And maybe your fruit this week was reading your Bible every day and you've never done that before. If that's your fruit, I'm thrilled with your fruit production. Maybe your fruit this past week was sitting your kids down and praying with them for the first time. I love your fruit production. Maybe you and your wife pray before bedtime now. That's your fruit production. I'm thrilled by that. But the Father wants a, a little bit more than that. I'm not saying that that's not good or he's not satisfied by that because as we look through this passage, again, we start off in verse number um, four. Abide in me and I in you, for branch cannot bear fruit of itself. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me, same bringeth forth, what does it say there? Much fruit. So Jesus doesn't want just a little bit of fruit. He wants a lot of fruit. And then he goes, he goes down to um, verse number um, eight. Herein is my Father glorified. Not that you bear more fruit, but you bear what? Much fruit. So look, if your fruit this week was small, good. I'm thankful for you. But don't be content with small fruit. You need more. You should desire more. I want my life to count more. I want to do more for the cause of Christ this week than I did last week. I want to be a better man six months from now than I am today. More fruit. Herein is my Father glorified that you bring forth not fruit, not more fruit, but that you bring forth much fruit. Verse number eight. And so how much fruit our church produces is 100% dependent upon my connectedness and your connectedness individually to the vine that is Jesus Christ. You say, wow, this is a pretty hard message tonight, Pastor. I'm just calling everybody to take a step up tonight. That's all. We're not going to coast on the victories of last year. We're not going to coast on the victories of eight years ago. We had six people saved our very first service. Hey, Amen. What a blessing. What a tragedy that would be if those were the only six people ever saved at Huicala. Tragedy. We're not going to live on, on fruit that has long been consumed and or expired. I want to be bringing forth fruit every single day, every single week. Why? Bearing fruit glorifies the Father. Get verse number eight here, and it's my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so you shall be my disciples. Again, 
Jesus always puts caveats on everything. And that's why I love the Bible, because the Bible is so clear. Here is my Father glorified that you bring forth much fruit. Here's what he says. And when you bring forth much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Did you get that? Jesus didn't say you fill in a book for 14 weeks and you become my disciples. No, he says fruit is what makes you my disciples. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples by your love one for another. Jesus always puts caveats in everything. How are you a disciple? Because you pick up your cross and follow him daily and you die to self. That's how you're a disciple. And so again, tonight, if you thought tonight was just going to be a sweet little slideshow of us showing pictures from the past and having pizza outside and, and giving hugs, you, you misjudged. Tonight is the night to say, hey, I'm re-upping until Jesus calls me home. I'm not content with what I've done up to this point. And again, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not talking about the, the Sunday attendance of our church. Because so many times pastors think to themselves, we want more, we want more, we want more. We want to see this auditorium filled up with 500 people, 1,000 people every Sunday. I'm not talking that. I'm talking about fruit. Look, I would rather have 10 people that were absolutely on fire for Jesus that wanted to burn the world down for the cause of Christ than to have 100 people who were happy to sit on Sunday and hear a message and gripe about the music any day of the week. Jesus wants disciples, not a crowd. And so, look, I'm asking you tonight to get plugged in, to put down some roots, to drop anchor, stay a while, and to take it up a notch. Evaluate your fruit bearing. Is God glorified by your fruit bearing or do you need a little bit more? Next, God desires much fruit. Again, we already took a look at that verse number eight. Here is my Father glorified. Bring fruit glorifies your Father, but God also wants a lot of fruit. Why does it have to be so much fruit? Well, there's seven billion people in the world and it's estimated that 50% of them have never heard the gospel before. And some of that 50%, 3.5 billion people on planet earth that have never heard a clear presentation of the gospel. Some of them live on your street. Some of them live in your apartment building. Some of them work in your office space. Some of them you're going to rub shoulders with this week. And hey, look, they need to know if nobody else knows. We, don't have to, we, we live in an area where you don't have to go to a mission field. You're living in a mission field. Look, we planted who we call a Baptist church because Angela and I could not find a Bible preaching church in this city that we would take our family to and attend. Look, if there was, you know, First Baptist Church across the street that's a really good church, but we want to do our thing too. Look, last place in the world I'm trying to plant a church. But we couldn't find a church that we would take our family to that was faithfully preaching the gospel and seeing people saved, baptized, discipled, and growing in their faith. We couldn't find it, and so we came here and started it. Because we wanted much fruit. Hey, look, it was a lot easier to stay in California. We bought a house at the end of a cul-de-sac. Four-bedroom house, 3,000 square feet, three-car garage, big backyard, basketball goal, the whole nine yards. A lot easier to stay there if it wasn't interested in fruit bearing. But I had to ask the question, hey, God, where can you get more fruit from? Hey, God, where can we go that maybe somebody just needs to plant some trees and get stuff done? And God let us here, and here we are. Here you are. Because it's our desire to bear much fruit because it glorifies the Father. But here's the thing. God's not looking for a flash in the pan. God's not looking for a little bit of fruit that lasts for a week or two. We should desire fruit that remains. 
Take a look at verse number 16. You have not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you ask my Father in my name, he will give it to you. It's interesting that sometimes we just want to produce a lot of fruit. I got an email from a missionary one time who'd planted a church in Mexico City, and he's like, oh, we had, you know, 350,000 people saved last month. What? Tell me more. How many did you see baptized? Like three. <laughs> what? Oh, we just had this massive blitz where we went out and just got people to pray the sinner's prayer. What? So discouraging. You just made 300,000 false converts? You're not helping anybody. And again, the idea that we can just get a bunch of people to pray a prayer and move on, that's not what the Father's talking about. He's talking about bearing fruit that remains. I was encouraged this morning, there was a couple that came that were uh, friends of the Gillises when they lived in Bahrain. And they came to church this morning. That encouraged my heart. You know why? Because a seed that they planted 18 months ago it's got watered today. It's encouraging. I'm thankful for that another friend of Levi's, Matt Morgan, Matt and, and Chris, you guys might know them. The two girls are in Super Church. They've been coming to Hui College for a little over a year now. Matt got saved at the beginning of this year. You know why? Because Levi had been witnessing to him. I said, Levi, how long have you been witnessing to Matt? And he said, oh, I have to think. I have to do the math. About 11 years. <laughs> 11 years. Planted a seed, just watering it, watering it, watering it, hoping it'll grow. Probably got discouraged a few times. There's no growth and a, a lot of negativity and a lot of garbage back and just continue to water a seed. And guess what? Brought forth fruit. Guess what? God's not looking for a flash in the pan. And here's an awesome thought. If you invited somebody this morning that did not come, be not discouraged. There are 51 other Sundays in a year. Well, well, I know, but we don't have shiny flyers. Oh, no, 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 we do. Back there in, the, in your exit doors, every single week, there's shiny flyers that says Jesus is the answer to what you're looking for. Every week. Well, I know there's not really a special event. Tell them my pastor's going to preach this Sunday, and he said it might be short. Just tell them that. <laughs> They'll be discouraged when they find out that it wasn't. But nevertheless, you say he said that one time. Uh, make up, so, hey, let's grab lunch this week. Because God's not looking for a big day attendance. That's why we don't call it, we call it open house, because we want people to come to our house. We don't call it big day, like we're just trying to get the, blast the doors off this place and get a big number for one Sunday. No, we're looking for fruit that remains. I'm thankful that, that Will and Todd Sanders, they got baptized today. You know when their, their, their first Sunday was? Easter Sunday. Now, had we just said, oh, glad Will and Todd came on Easter. They're one of the, you know, 45 people that came for the first time on Easter. Hope they find a decent church. Man, we would have missed out on something awesome that God wanted to do. But they continue to come. We continue to reach out and continue to share the gospel and teach and preach and answer questions and spend time with. Just continue to water that seed. You know why? I wasn't looking for them to just come on Easter Sunday. There's a couple of times that I shared the gospel with Will and had a lot of questions. Wasn't ready to be saved yet. Went through the gospel of Todd, and he still had a lot of questions sometimes. I didn't try to rush it to get somebody to pray a sinner's prayer so I could pull out my pocket New Testament and put a notch in the back of it. Come on. I'm looking to plant something in their life that will change their life forever. I'm looking for the long term. 
I'd love to continue to be their pastor for the next decade. The people that got baptized, I want to be able to look them up 15 years from now and see if they're still walking with Jesus. That's what I want. I want fruit that remains. Well, that's good for you, Pastor. No, no, no. That's what the Father wants, fruit that remains. Not just a flash in the pan, not just, I prayed one time this week and I probably won't pray again for another six months. No, consistent fruit that remains. Putting together the photo slideshow, I left out 250 photos <laughs> that I wanted to put in there. I just didn't have the time for it. And I, as I came across, one of them stuck out to me. I got, got a photo of uh, one of our chill, super church outreach that we have. Uh, look at those, kiddos. It's like five years or so ago. Got Mr. Brian over there on the left. Miss Kathleen, Miss Chelsea, Miss Buffy. You see Justice and Isaiah there. You see Avery in the middle there. You see Gabby back there with her sunglasses on. You see McKeely over there. Hey, you know what that is? That's some fruit that remains right there. You know what they said? Hey, we're going to have a super church outreach. Bring money for lunch. I'm sure that's what they said. That's what they always say. Right? And I, I promise you, here's what happened. They counted the kids, and they thought to themselves, okay, Mr. Brian, you're going to put two kids in your car. Kathleen's got room for three in her car. Miss Buffy's going to have these people ride with her. and stuff. I promise you that's what happened. And they went out, found a neighborhood, passed out some tracks, went and had McDonald's, I'm certain of it, and then came back to church. Why is that important? Because four out of four of our children's ministry workers are still loving Jesus today. That's big. Three out of four of our children's ministry workers are still here serving Jesus in children's ministry. That's big. You take a look at those kids that are, whose parents are still here. They're in church on a Sunday night. That encourages my heart. I think this picture was 2017. Fruit that remains, folks. Now look, they would know, our children's ministry workers know this. You tell the kids we're going to go on outreach and pass out gospel tracts and tell people about Jesus, you'll have a handful of kids show up. Oh, we're having laser tag. They'll have, you know, 45 kids show up. Most of them have never even heard of our church before, right? But they said, no, no, we're going to sow good seed in these kids' hearts, a desire for the gospel, a desire to help people know about Jesus. And, and the kids that I just named off there, all those are in our teen ministries right now. I'm talking about fruit that remains because their parents said, we're going to invest in our kids and plant good seed in our kids' life and hopefully it'll bring forth fruit in the future. I want you to think right now long-term with me. Long-term fruit bearing. Not just what can I get done this week, but what does God want from my life from here on out? How can I bear fruit? I prayed since the, before Hui Kala was ever started that God would raise up men from our church that would go out and start churches out of our church. The same way that Lancaster Baptist Church sent us to Honolulu and helped us get set up, and I have a pastor who's given me wisdom and direction and discernment. I want to do that for another church. And I was just praying since the beginning that God would raise up a man to do that. I'm talking about fruit that remains. I pray since the very beginning of who we call a Baptist church that God would identify a family that would pick up everything that they have, sell it, raise the finances they need to go to a foreign country and preach the gospel. I continue to pray that. But we'll never have that mindset as far as we have the mindset of just a little bit of fruit is okay. You know, I read my Bible, you know, two out of seven days this week. It's a little bit of fruit. I think it's good enough. No, it's not. Because the Father desires much fruit. And this church exists here today because I asked the question, God, how can you get yourself more glory from my life? How can I personally bear more fruit in my life? Well, planting a church is a good place to start and a place where the gospel witness is very difficult to find. Here we are.
Simple as that. And again, I'm not saying that to toot my own horn. I'm saying it to, to celebrate the goodness and graciousness of God. Because look, if God can use somebody like me, he can use anybody, guaranteed. So what's your fruit bearing look like? Here is my Father glorified that you bring forth much fruit. Again, I'm not telling you what fruit looks like. You know it. You know it when you see it. You know it when you see it in your spouse. You know it when you see it in your kids. You know it when you see it in your own life. You know it when you see it with somebody in your small group. You know what fruit looks like. Do you have that same desire to just bear fruit? Or do you think to yourself, I'm good enough? Or even worse, you think to yourself, I have no fruit in my life and I'm 100% okay with that. That's a scary place to be because know this. Jesus says, you're worthless to the cause of Christ. Cut it off, move on, give it to somebody else. I want our church eight years from now to be able to look back at the phase that we're getting ready to enter and say, man, God brought forth a lot of really good fruit. I want us to be able to show photos on the screen and say, hey, that person's still serving Jesus. Hey, that kid that went on Super Church Outreach is actually in Bible college right now. Hey, that kid over there wants to be a missionary. I want that for our church. It's not going to happen by accident. And the blessings that we have on our church is a result of individual fruit bearing and people being connected to Jesus and making him a priority. And so I want to encourage you tonight, take a look at your fruit. Well, how long do we have to do this, Pastor, this fruit bearing thing? Until the harvest. This is not, this is not like a six-month growth campaign. We're going to take the next six months and really focus on our fruit bearing. No, we're going to take the rest of our lives and focus on fruit bearing. Well, when do we get to take a break? When we get to heaven. I think it was Amy Carmichael who made the quote that we have just a few hours to win more victories, but we have all of eternity to celebrate them. I thought to myself, man, what a great quote. Like, my life is so short, I want to make sure that I burn out for Jesus. I want to make sure that when I get to heaven, there's a gang of folks, like, you're going to have to send a shuttle bus to pick up all the people that I brought to heaven. Not for my glory, but for the glory of God. I don't want to go thinking to myself, oh, there's people I should have shared with. There's people I should have brought to Jesus. Uh, and I want to burn out for Jesus. I want to take as many people with me as I can. Tonight was, again, not an easy message, but I hope it was a very direct message in the fact that I love you so much. I love Jesus' church so much that all I want is to see our Father glorified by bearing fruit. Simple as that. But it can't happen if you and I don't do our part. I know that I'm willing to do mine. The question is, are you willing to do yours? I hope so. Let's do it together. Thanks for joining us for the Hui Kala Baptist Church podcast. We'd love to have you as our guest this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. You'll find exciting classes for your keiki, a welcoming church family, and a message from the Bible that's sure to encourage your heart. Join us this Sunday. You belong here.